Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration.
All right, everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. You can support this project. Just go to echoplexmedia.com, click the support tab, find your favorite thing to do. And if you don't like any of those, just tell a friend. And then I uh, hope that person still talks to you. I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. Welcome to Down Ballot, everybody. This is The Councilman. You can find me on X at T-H-E underscore Councilman. And you can also find me up in public comment anytime. Uh, not necessarily the show that Producer Dave runs after this wonderful uh, show, Down Ballot, but the literal public comment up at uh, city councils and, and board supervisors and, and any place I can get two minutes just to pontificate and, and go up on a soapbox. Because you know how much I love to opinionate. That is true. Uh, tonight on uh, public comment, we actually found a um, state house meeting up in New Hampshire about fucking chemtrails. My goodness. I saw that in the, the discord chat. <laughs> I was very pleased with the, the chat for, for finding that. So thank you very much. Um, yeah. Very, very good minions. Keep, keep them coming. I can't, I can't wait to see that. It's, it's streaming, right? We can watch, I can watch that anytime, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe who knows? We'll oh, you're a member. Right. You're a member. So even if the VOD gets killed, you can still download it and watch it. Oh, there. There you go. That's right. And uh, absolutely. I am a member. I'm a, a dues paying member uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, so please uh, contribute some dollar bucks to this cause and uh, make it so that producer Dave, um, you know, doesn't have to sell his you know kidney to make sure that Echoplex Media can be around in a few years. It's a good thing. Good thing we're not to the point where I might have to sell my liver because that's probably not worth too much to anybody. Yeah, well, I mean, you only have one of those. I figure you have two kidneys, so you can spare one, but you can't really spare it. I guess you can, the liver is the one organ where, like, you can cut a piece of it off, I guess, and give it to someone, and it grows, like, on its own, and you don't have to give them the whole organ. Kind of interesting. Maybe they can give you, they, you can the, give them the non-necronic, non-alcohol-laden <laughs> portion of your liver, or whatever, if there's, like, a, a section where it's just, like, you know, fats and, and good stuff, right? Anyway. All right, let's, let's hit the news. What do we got for leading let's off? Let's do it. Well, leading off, uh, big news this week, uh, the announcement that San Jose Police Chief uh, Mata will be retiring, quote unquote. He's retiring from the police force. He's got another job lined up, um, but we're going to learn more about that. He came on the force um, during, uh, I think, either just before or just after, yeah, just after the George Floyd protest. So he's been responsible for some of the, whatever cleanups happened since then, not much. But uh, anyway, he's, he's moving on. It might be too much for him. We'll find out more. This hit. The Bay Area's largest city is in search for a new police chief. San Jose's top cop announced today he's retiring from SJPD and taking over as chief of investigations for the Santa Clara County DA's office. NBC Bay Area's Damian Trujillo first broke the news on Instagram. He's at City Hall now with the next steps. The announcement came as a big surprise to many in the community, but it was perhaps the worst kept secret here at City Hall and within the police department. In a statement, Police Chief Tony Mata said the decision was not easy. There's a moment during the San Jose Black Lives Matter march that the president of the local NAACP says he remembers most. San Jose Police Chief Tony Mata marching with his high school daughter despite the risk both faced of being criticized by members of the department or friends at school. All the stuff she's going through, but for her to want to come out and march and dad say, I'm marching with you, despite what other officers thought and said of him. That's why I have some of the utmost respect and care for Chief Mata. I love him as a brother. Today, after 28 years on the force, Mata announced his retirement at the end of March. The final three years were as police chief. And has 
I think, done a very good job of building trust with our community. You go out into the neighborhoods and you will see Chief Mata out there interacting with our very diverse community across San Jose. Mata will get his full retirement with the city of San Jose. The city is still doing the math on how much that adds up to. His new job will be down the street from the police department inside the DA's office. In a statement, the chief pointed to his collaboration with community groups and city leaders in helping him run the department effectively. He leaves at a time when homicides in San Jose are at national lows and his detectives have solved almost all of them. Now the search is on for a new chief. Someone who's going to build on that foundation of community engagement, community policing, trust and transparency, and earning the respect and trust of both the rank and file officers as well as community members. Community groups say they'll be hands-on during the recruitment and hiring process. I'm not going to say I would like to be a part of it. We expect to be a part of it. Uh, we and several other community groups that, uh, uh, that I'm in partnership with throughout this community on um, both sides of the table, I guess you would say. Uh, well, I expect us all to be part of the process of the interviewing and the selection of a police chief. The city manager will begin that nationwide search, which no doubt will include internal candidates and narrow the list to three finalists. Then the city council will vote to hire the person charged with protecting one of the safest big cities in the country. In San Jose, Damian Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News. Oh, there we go. One of the safest big cities. Well, that's amazing. Why, why'd the news do that? That guy's going to get fired. <laughs> well, we were one of the same. I mean, uh, the, according to whatever, some dude, the safest big city in America one year um, back in the aughts, I think like 2007 or something. Um, anyway, uh, that got into someone's head. And uh, ever since we were not the safest big city in America uh, anymore, uh, everyone said we need to get back to being the safest big city in America. I have no idea what that means. It means as much as the dude who said we're the ninth best local news podcast in California. Um, but it is what it is, and people buy into it, and it's rhetoric that people, uh, voters can sink their teeth into. Um, so that's what you hear. Uh, but uh, yeah, Chief Mata was kind of do no harm. He, he you know, uh, I don't think he made anything worse. I don't think he made anything substantially better. Um, and good on him. He gets to take his pretty much full police retirement. 28 years is just about full retirement. That's not quite 30. Um, so he'll get like 90% of his salary while he's working full time, probably at the DA's office. So he's it's good money if you can get it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not surprising. It's a really tough job right now. I wouldn't want it. And I'm amazed he lasted as long as he did. Do you have any ideas, any, any rumblings of who they're, who they're looking at? Oh, me for sure. I'm no, you? putting my, my, yeah, I'm, I'm putting in for this. Absolutely. I want this job. <laughs> um, so, and I'm, I'm uber qualified. Uh, no, that, uh, sadly, I'm not, I do not have my f uh, finger to the pulse uh, anymore. Um, in fact, as Damien said, if it was a the worst kept secret, I hadn't heard that this was happening. I even saw the chief at a holiday party um, recently. Um, so did not know that this was coming down the pike, but not terribly surprising either. Um, and I don't, but I don't know anything about replacements. I know you have to, you know, if, whether it's internal or external, it's going to have to be someone with a lot of experience on a force, right? It's not going to be some rando. It's not going to be a citizen, John Q, layperson, Jane Q. Um, so uh, you can expect it'll be someone uh, of a high rank from either within the department or without. Um, I could easily see it happen coming from within. That's where Chief Mata came from, where Chief Garcia came from. You don't see a lot of 
not just with police, but with any department in San Jose right now. Uh, they're not exactly seen as a very, uh, you know, high quality employer, right? A desirable employer, um, attractive employer. So it's really difficult for them to recruit outside of their own ranks. So most of the directors and, and other positions that get filled in San Jose get filled internally. Um, so I'm guessing that that's the way it'll go down here. I don't see any other like assistant chief in another city, you know, um, who'd have the qualifications thinking, yeah, this is the place I want to be San Jose where they're facing like, you know, this reform movement, 400, 400 odd reforms that they've accepted to do. Right. And, um, community distrust and, uh, whatnot. And, and also just lack of support from city hall. A lot of the times, right. Um, city hall coming after your pension, city hall coming after this and that and not letting you quote unquote do your job. So um, I don't see this as being a, you know, something where people are going to be beating down the door either. But uh, again, we'll, we'll see. They'll have to come up with someone. You could throw a little shade and uh, hire the guy that they got fired in Oakland. Yeah, right. Oh, that'd be, that'd be beautiful. Maybe he'll put in for it. Who knows? Um, why not? I, I think that uh, Reverend Moore would be happy with that. I think that uh, a lot of people would be happy with that. Um, and I think that uh, Shang Tao would be really happy with that because he could get it off her, her shoulders. Right. No, it's not her problem anymore. <laughs> right, right. But we'll find out more about that later. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll certainly follow up on this on Down Ballot because there will be follow-up. This is a big enough story that there's going to be um, more stories about it. So we will certainly bring those to you and let you know how the process plays out. And if there's an opportunity, if you're in the area, if you're local to our area, you might be able to attend like a community meeting or even hop on Zoom and attend a community meeting and opine about um, what you'd like to see in the next police chief. Or I don't know if you're qualified, fucking put your, put your hat in there, put your tinfoil hat in there if you're out there and you're qualified. Heck yeah. I mean, if you're a captain of of some sort or a a higher rank or if you, uh, you know, if you really think you got the res, you know, get put it in there. Let's, let's, let's do this. Mall cop. Yeah, right. (laughs) So we're going to move on to winners and losers where there are no winners. And on the rare occasion, there is somebody who won. It just wasn't who you were rooting for. Uh, first, we got a uh, Google announcing layoffs. Boy, it was a little bit weird considering some of the stuff Google was saying a couple years ago. Yeah, it's losers all around on this story. And Google has announced another round of layoffs with more than 700 people being let go. And despite these cuts, tech analysts say other companies are still looking to hire people with tech skills. KTV's South Bay reporter LaMonica Peters live tonight at Google headquarters with more on the layoffs. LaMonica. Mike, most of the job cuts cuts came from departments here in Mountain View and Sunnyvale. And tech industry insiders say despite those cuts, other companies still want and need tech workers with those skills. The roles that we're still seeing growth in 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 regards to software developers, QA testers, QA engineers, um, we're still seeing those exact roles from from those that were let go. Beginning in March, over 700 jobs are being eliminated by Google making this the fifth round of job cuts since last September. Employees working on Google Assistant, Fitbit fitness trackers, hardware for Pixel, and Next thermostats are being let go. Tech recruiter Celeste Shute says artificial intelligence may play a role in how Google is restructuring, but skilled tech workers are still in high demand. It's not replacing or, or not specifically saying we don't have AI here, but very much those candidates skills that they were utilizing there are still very much needed in other other industries and, and other companies 
Corps engineers and jobs in augmented reality are also being eliminated at Google, which announced last year that it planned to cut 12,000 jobs from its workforce. Right, we're seeing the growth of AI a lot more than we had expected, I think, many of us. And especially consumer adoption and business adoption has been so fast that it has forced a lot of companies, including the tech world, to rethink the way they do things. Tech analysts say Google is competing with other major tech firms to be a leader in artificial intelligence. And Schur says that goal is key to who they fire and hire in the future. Now we need people who are really good at training and and programming and really designing how people will use artificial intelligence. Now, Schur also says that no one really knows when the job cuts in the tech industry will slow down or end, but he says AI skills will continue to be in high demand in multiple industries. Mike? The evolving world of AI. All right, LaMonica, thank you. I, do. I don't think this has anything to do with AI. I think it's just that's a good uh, excuse for them to use. They're like, oh, we're trying to innovate in uh, machine learning and AI, so we're going to cut these other jobs. Right. Uh, they didn't mention they're also cutting uh, childcare jobs, um, which uh, were useful in as much as people were coming to work, right? Uh, so return to work is also a factor here. They're finding they can probably do more. Uh, as more people stayed home, maybe they found they could do more with less too. Um, so they're realizing other ways that they can, they can trim back their expenses because at the end of the day, it's all about filling the investor's pockets, right? Um, I do want to say that I'm, I, I really hope that LaMonica Peters does not turn out to be an AI deep fake, <laughs> but she looks so good every time, right? Like it's just uncanny. So I, I just don't know, man. I don't know, but um, we'll find out one day. I, I haven't met her in person. I have received texts from her, but that doesn't mean anything. I could be getting catfished. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Google. God, I'm really crying. They've got to you know, make their bottom line for, their, for those, those investors who already have billions of dollars. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like I said, I don't think it has that much to do with AI, but this no, no. this the news always talking about it is they're like, oh, well, why are we, why are you letting everybody go? They're like, you know, AI, and the news is like, oh yeah, AI, right? Yeah, it's it's super convenient right now, right? It's I, I've actually heard it uh, in other contexts where they just drop someone just drops the letters AI, and I don't even know that they know what they're talking about, right, or what they're referring to. Or if they realize they just need to drop that catchphrase right now and uh, the money comes flowing. This was in like a, a grant uh, proposal, right? We're going to use AI to do this. Like, but you didn't exactly say like, what AI, what, what are you using? How are you, how are you using it? Um, maybe they feel they don't have to, but uh, yeah, you're right. The news jumps on it. Like, Ooh, AI. Cause they don't know what it is. They don't understand it either. <laughs> For a so, while they were talking, it was blockchain. That didn't turn out so good. Right. Right. It's the next big thing. And then the, especially the local news has no idea what's going on with the next big thing, typically with tech. So you can walk all over them more than likely. All right. We're going to move on to Menlo park. Um, uh, it looks yeah. like, looks like it's cows versus tech bros. Let's see what's going on here. Not just the excess carbon dioxide that's overheating the planet, a second gas that's actually more potent than CO2 called methane is a major culprit. In tonight's Project Earth, Sarah Donchi looks at a Bay Area startup with a clever strategy to pull methane out of the air and in the process, turn it into rich fertilizer. 
Each year, every cow on the planet will belch a lot of methane. But they're not the only culprits. Part of the challenge with methane is it does come from everywhere. Josh Silverman is CEO of Windfall Bio, a startup located in Menlo Park. He explains methane emissions also come from coal, oil, and gas production, wastewater treatment plants, and landfills. So any place that you have organic material that is breaking down, degrading, rotting, it produces methane as a byproduct. Methane is a big problem. It's actually more potent than carbon dioxide. Methane not only warms the atmosphere more, but it also warms it much faster. This vial may hold the key. The liquid contains methane-eating microbes, usually found in soil. They pull like methane poop. out of the air. Yeah. By eating it, the microbes then transform a climate-harming gas into a beneficial product, in this poop case, Mosa. an organic fertilizer. The microbes are at the heart of what we do. Oh, Carla Risso is the director of microbiology. She says these soil microbes have dramatically declined around the world. Here at Windfall Bio, they're being nurtured, nourished, and cultivated. Basically, we know what they like, and we give it to them. So they will multiply and make tons more. This concept, this technology is really amazing. I got really excited and immediately decided to enter this field. Bioengineers Kaifeng Chen and Aram Balian are conducting experiments with the microbes to optimize their diet and cultivation. The fact that nature just produces this, it's out there and uh, you know we're seeing that they're diminishing. Uh, I want to make it my job to try to re restore that population in the soils. We do see methane consumption um, and our micro are growing. Um, the other side of this product is they also enhance their biomass. In the future, we could apply that on the field as fertilizer. The idea is to provide the microbes where the methane is created on farms, cattle ranches, landfills, water treatment plants, and the fossil fuel industry. The microbes will be freeze-dried and then resuscitated with liquid nutrients before being applied to the land. Then they should come back alive and then that's how they can do their jobs. Judy Sue is director of biology. The application can reduce the methane, how it can help our planet, our soil health, our environment. Methane is a very big deal. Former U.S. Secretary of Energy and Stanford professor Dr. Stephen Chu is now advising the scientists at Windfall Bio. He believes their strategy makes a lot of sense. Why not capture? Well, I mean, they're paying him. Uh, before it gets diluted, capture, prevent its release, turn into an energy source, uh, which seemed to be a really good approach. As for the scientists, they too want to make a difference. We need to focus on technology solutions that work. I choose to believe there is hope. Being in this job, it gives me optimism every day because I see how many exciting technologies, how many exciting companies are coming up just like our own and uh, really trying to make it their mission to reduce greenhouse g gas emissions in the future and ha have this world be livable for our kids. In this case, all thanks to some mighty microbes. Oh, I thought this was going to be a little spicier. I thought somebody was going to be complaining about cows. Yeah, apparently not. They actually kind of like uh, absolved the cows right off the bat. But um, the fact of the matter is, uh, cows actually and livestock do actually create quite a bit of methane. Uh, and, and belch it and fart it into our atmosphere every day um, and at a completely unnecessary level, right? We, we spend so much of our land and our, uh, our industrial complex uh, supporting, uh, you know, meat production, basically, for us to consume. Um, and it's just not, it's not sustainable. It's not really healthy. And it's creating a lot more 
ways than than uh it's you know it's helping um but in this situation too it's like that it, for me that these kind of like capture and release or you know um carbon capture or whatever coal capture um co2 capture programs it's not really addressing the problem the root cause right it's just saying we have a problem we produce this you know the cows produce it but we you know we really produce it um our civilization produces this mess and we're just going to clean it up instead of like figuring out how do we not produce the mess in the first place that seems to be human's uh, solution to just about everything so um I would love to see someone come up with a solution for how we're going to not create so much methane in the first place. Instead of creating, so this elaborate scientific process to create basically, you know, fertilizer um, out of it. Yeah. And I but mean, doesn't the methane eventually get released back into the. One would think at some point, right? Like no matter where you infuse it, you put it into the ground. I mean, it's not like methane. <laughs> I guess the idea is maybe they're breaking it down. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's no longer methane, right? It's just carbon and hydrogen. Um, atoms, uh, or just carbon. Maybe they take some take take something out. Um, but yeah, it it would seem to me if you're freeze drying it and you put it back in the soil, it's released again, and eventually it comes out again at some point. So um, it's just like with incineration and other things, right? Where they oh yeah, we can just we don't need to worry about how much trash we create. We can just incinerate it. Like no, the the energy and the the waste that that creates is even worse um, than having the trash sitting in a landfill. So. We need to do more about just not creating so much waste. Pretty much all there is to it. Yep. Yep. So, so make sure you have a reusable diaper, producer Dave. <laughs> um, try a mechanical cow and eat a salad. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm having an impossible burger tonight with, oh. with, che- with cheese and bacon. <laughs> so what we got next is um, Mayor Ed 209 was going mm-hmm. to offering to pay someone's uh blight fine well I, I, let's, let's let's see what's going on here you got to see this one questions tonight about the push to crack down on blight in san jose which includes citations from the city to help clean it up tonight a san jose family says they've treated unfairly when they were hit with a 250 dollars fine nbc Paris robert honda has more from san jose Well, there is definitely a blight problem to clean up in San Jose, and the couple who live at this house agree, but say they aren't part of that problem. Targeting blight is just one part of an overall city cleanup effort started by Mayor Matt Mahan as part of his Beautify SJ campaign. And blight was a pet peeve leading to the FAST program, the Focus Area Service Team targeting six neighborhoods with a high rate of complaints. Among the biggest issues, junk and debris in yards, inoperable vehicles, graffiti, parking on unpaved surfaces, and overgrown vegetation. During Christmas week, code enforcement inspectors cited a couple at this home in North San Jose for having a dresser and an exercise bicycle on the porch. Katie Wyatt and Fitzroy Leslie were stunned and angry. Leslie says the dresser and exercise bike were only put outside temporarily while their daughter was visiting and were stunned to find they'd been fined 250 bucks without even a warning. No one ever heard of it. We didn't get a notice in the mail. Normally, if something like that, you'd get a notice in the mail saying, something is on your front porch, you need to move it or we're gonna cite you. We haven't got anything of that. The couple who own and operate Spicy Roy's Restaurant in San Jose say they are not only trying to keep their local business running, but are also dealing with hardships, including a death in the family. 
we spend all our money on that. We hardly can even find money to cover our mortgage. And then the city doesn't know our struggle or the situation. And they send us a letter in the mail that's a citation for a piece of furniture on our front porch. We told yeah, They look kind of good, actually. And he had a solution. I'm going to offer to pay this family's fine out of my own pocket, and then I'm going to work with city staff to redirect this program so that we can get it focused on the forms of blight that are most negatively impacting our community, particularly in our downtown and commercial districts. We told the family about the mayor's decision, and they were grateful for paying the fine and his promise to revamp the program. In San Jose, Robert Honda, NBC Bay Area News. So my question is, I, how good is their restaurant? I bet their restaurant hella good. Spicy Roy's, man. I'm I'm guessing fantastic. I haven't been there. I I need to check this place out. Uh, I I didn't watch the full story, so now I didn't, didn't realize that there's a there's some food involved. I'm always down. Let's hit it up. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a follow up story too uh, that came out just I think last night or this morning with Mayor Mayhan actually visiting the house and doing a little glad handing with the 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 residents, the citizens, um, uh, the voters. Uh, with the Black Lives Matter flag, so very nice. I thought nice that the for him. I mean the the exercise bikes looked a little, little 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 whack out there, but I thought the the shelves like by the on the porch looked like they were supposed to be there. That it's didn't seem much wrong there. I mean, I I you see that just about every day anywhere, any city, um, and it's they're freaking front porch. Frankly, there you know I, there's really no code about what you can and can't keep on your front porch. Um, so I don't know why, what municipal code they use to cite them for this, but, uh, that's kind of ridiculous. It's your front porch. Like I can understand like, okay, you got exercise bikes on your front lawn, right? Or on the sidewalk, you know? Okay. Um, but it's your front porch, put whatever you freaking want on your front porch. Maybe I want to have my exercise bike on my front porch so I can like watch the neighborhood while I'm exercising. Right. Like I can, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I feel what it's like to like ride my bike through my neighborhood only I don't have to go anywhere. I can stay comfortably on my porch and have a, have a cocktail while I'm riding, you know, um, <laughs> who knows what, what, what's going on in the, the hearts of people, but it's not like it's causing anyone trouble for someone to have an exercise, exercise bike on their own front porch. I never even thought of that. That'd be like, if you're Wouldn't it be fun? like, what if bike party, like bike party would, would be super stoked to see like riding a, like a stationary bike as they go by. You're like, what's up bike party? What's like up? that. Yeah, of course. That'd be fabulous. And you had, like I said, the cocktail, right? Right, right. You're not supposed you know, to ride with a cocktail like on the road. Yeah, exactly. So do that on your front porch. It's safe. You're you're safe riding, right? I I think this is a great idea, producer Dave. I think we need to pioneer this. I have a porch. <laughs> Actually, better, I have better than a porch. I have a little front yard with like no lawn, just like dirt. We could we could pull a couple exercise bikes up there, and bike party goes by here occasionally. Have have a spin class out there. Totally. I mean, if, if you really want to have a stop, a bike party stop, we could do one here, I suppose, but we have a big enough driveway. You're like, I've got a couple beers. I can give a couple people a beer. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, just, I'll tell the neighbors. They'll be down. They seem cool. So now we got uh, this last story in Winners and Losers. Apparently, a TikTok food critic is afraid of the Bay Area. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> Two punch of bad news when it comes to our national image, a TikTok star and the president of J.P. Morgan Chase both offering up some grim reviews of the Bay Area. Today, the mayors of San Francisco and Oakland are responding. Here's NBC's Sergio Quintana. 
unfortunately. Didn't In a parting it. message that included video of the Oakland Bay Bridge, MMA fighter turned food reviewer Keith Lee listed a few reasons why he decided to end his Bay Area food tour early. I truly don't believe the Bay is a place for tourists right now. And that's what I was, a tourist. The people in the Bay are just focused on surviving. That's the business owners, the locals. The amount of tents and living structures and burnt up cars that we saw people living in was shocking to say the least. It's a message blasted out to an estimated 15 million followers. Meanwhile, high profile CEO Jamie Dimon also offered up some harsh words after visiting San Francisco for the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference this week. San Francisco is in far worse shape than New York. What is it that makes an attractive city? You know, it's parts, it's art, it's, but it's definitely safety. You know, it's jobs, it's job creation, it's the ability to have affordable housing, it's all those things. So it's not any one thing, but you know, any city who doesn't do a good job, it will lose its population. During the opening of a new Chinese cultural center in Chinatown today, San Francisco Mayor London Breed responded to both critics. She says she agrees with some of Diamond's comments that the city has been too dependent on just the tech industry over the last couple decades. She says she's been pushing to change that and pushing for law enforcement improvements like the soon to be installed network of 400 license plate reading cameras in the city. Mayor Breed also says some of Diamond's comments may not tell the whole story of his company's time in the city. What I am hearing and, and the conversations with J.P. Morgan Chase is number one, we are coming back to San Francisco next year. Number two, our, our, we have more people at this conference this year than even last year. Across the Bay in Oakland during an event calling for the recall of Mayor Sheng Tao, a local restaurant owner didn't mince words as he mentioned the latest TikTok from Keith Lee. Our businesses are dying. They're not dying because we have a bad product or a bad service. They're dying because people don't want to come to Oakland. Keith Lee has 15.3 million viewers. 15 million viewers. He cut his state short and left because he saw the crime, the cars. In Lee's post, he also mentioned that he left a little bit early in part because he had an allergic reaction to something that he ate at one of the restaurants. All in all, two very rough <laughs> critiques for two cities that are desperate to attract more tourists. In a prepared response from Oakland Mayor Sheng Tao, she said in part she is fighting for a safer, more affordable and more prosperous Oakland. Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. Or the mayors could say, oh, well, then get out of here. Yeah. Just GTFO. Like, also, I'm, like, I'm, if you have a food allergy, like, <clears throat> restaurants are, like, prepared to deal with that. Even if you don't think the thing you're allergic to is going to be in the food, you could just mention, be like, hey, I have this allergy to, I don't know, fucking squash. You know? Actually, if you have, like, 15 million followers or whatever they said, like, we'd think you'd be a little more careful about yourself if you're doing a food TikTok blog, right? And, that, and, that, and they have 15 million people following you. You might want to stay in good health. You might not want to eat something that doesn't agree with you and end up having to cut short a trip to the Bay, which has some bomb ass food. Okay. I don't know where you're going or what you want. You're going to find it here and it's going to be bomb. I guarantee it. The I saw him eating French fries that, that, that people don't go, you know what? I'm going to the Bay Area to eat the fucking French Fr fries. French fries. <laughs> now, granted, there are some places in the Bay that make some fabulous fries, right? But it's, really, yeah, you're right. No one goes anywhere just for the fries, right? Maybe McDonald's. But the Bay has everything you could ever want, like Ethiopian food, Peruvian food, you name it, man, German food. Just just go out and get it anytime and you want. If you're and afraid of what fabulous. appears to be a bad neighborhood, I guess you're not going to go find the good food, are you? Seriously, just GTFO with this this shit. Um, and it's like it's the doom loop, right? Um, and the new the fact that the local news decides to broadcast this and just continue it, right? And 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 lift this guy up, right? 
this former MMA star turned food critic? Like, where do you get off telling me, um, you know, uh, you know what, what, what's what's good, man? I know what's good. I'm from the Bay. Like he said, maybe he's right. Maybe we're all just here surviving, and he can he can go f, you know. I just I know a couple places. We've talked about the mission a lot lately. I know a couple places in the mission where you just cannot beat the food anywhere else in the city at any yeah. price. Yeah. And honestly, like that, you know, if you're a former MMA star, you're afraid to go someplace in the city. I, I don't know about that, man. It looked pretty stacked to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with you. Well, anyway, we're going to go well, with get your shit together. And uh, they could have done something nice for uh, MLK day, but instead they're like, happy MLK day. The tenderloin is uh, a garbage neighborhood. Here's their fucking hit on it. One piece of trash at a time. Volunteers helping clean up the streets of the Tenderloin in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. It's in my mother's legacy. She she asked me when she was alive that as long as I'm alive to do service on the weekend of Martin Luther King. Excellent turnout. Bigger than we expected. More than 100 people volunteering Sunday at Glide Memorial Church's Day of Action, including this mother-daughter duo. We both uh, really believe in service and supporting the community that we live in, so this seemed like a good day for the two of us. People are really engaged and being part of this, this effort to really, you know, uh, engage with community and to help our, our, our homeless uh, individuals. Volunteers handing out toiletries, socks, and other items to help those struggling on the streets. They're uh, wonderful people, and they need, uh, you know, they just happen to need support and help right now, so um, it's great. It's great to be able to do that, and Glide is a perfect organization to do it with. I know a lot of people give the, the notion that like the TL is a very scary place and that's not really the case. Hey! Classy Martin grew up going to Glide Memorial Church and has close ties to the Tenderloin. There's people that are in need here. Um, it doesn't make them scary. In fact, volunteers like Freeman Best say a little love goes a long way. What motivates you to do it on such a consistent basis? Love. I love people. And I don't look down on anyone. I think everybody's special. We got hygiene kids and we have Tara Campbell, ABC 7 News. Martin Luther King in his famous speech was like, I have a dream that one day the tenderloin will look like Orange County. You know? <laughs> <laughs> one piece of trash at a time. Get I mean, the fuck out of here. Yeah, good good on people for volunteering. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't mean to shit. I, I don't, I don't mean, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, <clears> but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's funny. Um, there's, you know, there's productive things you can do um, as a volunteer um, that don't involve walking around picking up litter um, in the tenderloin. You can like help someone who's sitting there on the street, right? Or you can go to an organization that helps them and do something there, right? Um, but yeah, p picking up trash is just, again, it's like clearing, it's 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 cleaning up the deck chairs in the Titanic or whatever, right? It's like you're not really exploring, you're not really getting to the root of the problem here. So, um. Yeah, but please uh, get out and serve your community. Um, but maybe if you want some ideas and suggestions, hit us up. Hit, get up in our chat, get up in the Discord, and we'll give you some ideas. Uh, Although, we'll start a it, new channel. it would have been nice to see Jamie Dimon and that food critic out there uh, participating in this event, if I'm going to be completely honest. I kind of want to see them both, right? I want to see Jamie Dimon go out and do a TikTok with this guy, right? And uh, <laughs> and by the way, Jamie Dimon appearing on Fox News, like, uh, you know, just exactly where he should be appearing. Um, and why should we give a shit? Why should I care? Uh, what you say, Jimmy Diamond? I don't know. Um, but he seems to think, and Fox News seems to think that we care what he says. 
I don't care what Fox News has to say, though. Yeah, yeah, that was Maria Bartiromo, too. She oh, was, right, yeah, that was, I forgot her name. I was trying to, like, and I, I know the names it. of, instead of knowing fun or interesting things now, um, I know the names of every ghoul in the media. What is the capital of Vermont? All right, we're going to move on to Down Ballot and Recall Watch, which is, uh, this is clearly a politics show, but this stuff is about local politics, local politicians, and uh, maybe government meetings, and uh, I guess recalls. Uh, Montpellier. Montpellier is the... the yeah, Mayor Ed Vermont. 209 here uh, did an NBC Bay Area News interview. Yeah, it's a little longer form clip, so, um, but he's got the red nose here. It looks kind of cute, like a, like a clown. We're moving you forward this morning, finding solution with San Jose losing its police chief just this week, announcing his retirement. Concerns over traffic deaths as well and new efforts to help South Bay residents just make it in the Bay. There is a lot on Mayor Matt Mahan's plate in 2024, and he joins... Most of it you can't afford. Thanks so much, first of all, for being here. Nice to have you. So just a couple of days ago, it's been such Thanks, an eventful week. Oh, they're on like a two or three second delay. I get pissed off when we're like a half second off because of your Wi-Fi. Did you hear how far back you, he's hella far yes. behind? Yes. <laughs> yes, I heard that. Chief oh, Anthony Mata decided he's resigning. Did he talk to you ahead of time? How did you find out about that? What are your plans moving forward? Yeah, thanks, Laura. Good morning. Happy I counted three seconds. Happy New Year. He's, uh, well, he's retiring after 28 years with the department. He's been chief now for three years. And I, you know, I'm grateful to Chief Mata because I think he's done a fantastic job of building trust with the community. Public safety relies on trust between the community and our officers. And you can find Chief Mata in neighborhoods across the city every, every week. He's out there engaging with folks. He encourages his officers to do the same. And uh, there are big shoes to fill. So we will start a search. Our city manager runs the search. It will last some number of months, and then it'll come back to the council for approval. So we'll have to let that play out. But we've got very talented leadership within the department. And San Jose, being the safest big city in the Bay Area, is a very desirable place to be a chief. And I'm confident we're going to have strong recruits from across the country. Yeah, of course, we want to keep the biggest city in the Bay Area safe. And recently, as well, San Jose said that the number of traffic fatalities was actually down following a record year that was set back in 2022. The city is still taking steps to try to cut down on these accidents? Absolutely. I mean, the good news, as you mentioned, is that we're down about 28% year over year. The bad news is we still have very dangerous roads. And we have got to take a multi-pronged approach. As we rebuild our police department, my first budget, by the way, doubles the rate at which we hire police officers. We're investing in enforcement. We have to hold people accountable for following our traffic safety laws. We're also using technology. We've deployed automatic license plate readers. Later this year, I hope that we'll be able to deploy speed safety cameras. We're doing education and we're investing in our roadways. We just received a competitive grant from the federal government about 13 million dollars to make our most dangerous intersections safer so it's going to take multiple different strategies but it's a really good sign that after years of increases we've seen a significant drop in traffic fatalities and the work of the people that live here as well to cut down on those speeds and just be more aware out there so i know addressing the unhoused right. in the city this was a huge platform for you when you were running as well talk to us about the direct actions that you've already actively been taking what you see in the in the future 
Yeah, this is this is the issue, not just in San Jose, but across California. We've we've got way too many people living outside. In fact, no one should live outside. I'm proud to say that year over year in San Jose, we brought down unsheltered homelessness by over 10 percent. Again, after years of increases, I really attribute that to a big investment in interim housing. We need immediate solutions to homelessness. My view is that we have to build out basic dignified shelter for every person living outside. And when it's available, we have to require that they take advantage of it. So I've been pushing faster, more cost-effective solutions, modular units, safe parking, safe sleeping, motel conversions. We also need to build affordable housing, but that's a very long-term and, frankly, expensive proposition. And in the meantime, no one should be left to live out in tents and vehicles across our city. So we're going to keep pushing on interim shelter and getting people stabilized faster. Yeah, and on these cold, cold nights, we think about it even more so. All right. Is it the job you expected it to be so far? A lot on your plate. It's a fun challenge. We're a, we're a big, dynamic, diverse city, and I'm, I'm very proud to be mayor. I'm looking forward to the year ahead. All right. Well, good luck to you, uh, San Jose Mayor Matt Mayhem. Thanks so much for joining us. Blah, 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 blah. Sounds, sounds blah. like he's a cold. Like, he always sounds like he's kind of very nasally. But maybe that's just me. <clears throat> yeah, it's, 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 it, is, it is what it is. Just, uh, it's lighthearted softball interview um with a three second delay <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> on the bad. early morning show on the local early morning show but you know this is he relies on this and it's it's bread and butter for you know uh, local politicians you know people who vote still watch the morning news um that's how it is so he's he's doing his thing he's doing what he has to do um and but he's he's touting you know he's touting the numbers as they are but uh he's not really telling the full picture of what he's been fighting for, what he fought for on the campaign trail, and now what he's fighting for as mayor, and then what uh, is really on the table. So um, we, I like that we cover all the angles here on Down Ballot. Um, so we, we regularly will uh, return to this and in, in, in his campaign rhetoric and, and make sure we're calling him on all of his, his actions. But um, if there's been a reduction in unsheltered homelessness, it's not Matt Mahan's fault, honestly. It's not Matt's uh, it's not Mayhem's fault. It's not something he can tout even. Um, it's for the work of a broad network of nonprofits and community organizations and government organizations coming together and private philanthropy coming together to do as much as they can. But, you know, a 10% reduction is just that. It's a 10% reduction. There's still, that means there's still thousands of people living on the streets. Uh, so we have to do something about it. And uh, there's only so much you can do now, right? Again solving the problem and the, the, the cause um, would be more beneficial. I mean, these things are going to ebb and flow. It's the, 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 the snapshot in time when they do the count is going to be, it's just bound to be inaccurate. Like, of course it's impossible to be like, it's not like the census where someone can, when I was counted the, not this last time, but the time before I had census taker come like come to my house and knock on my door three times. Right. Um, they wouldn't be able to do that necessarily with someone who's unhoused, right? Right. Um, so there's just no, yeah, you're right. There's no way you can have an accurate count. Uh, that's, why, that's why they call it the point in time count anyway. Cause it's like, but there's really no tracking it either. Um, so it just tells you where you're at right now. And it's not good, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> Whether you're up or down 10%, it really wouldn't matter. It's thousands of people are living on the street. So we're going to move uh, back up the, up 880 to uh, Oakland. Here's another rally against uh, 
the Oakland mayor and the Alameda County District Attorney. Yeah, I'm Bart. There was a rally today outside of the West Oakland market where a longtime clerk was shot and killed. Speakers say elected officials aren't doing enough to crack down on violence. Our crime reporter Henry Lee was there, and he joins us live from Oakland tonight with what they're saying. Henry. Christina, they're fed up with the mayor and the DA saying there have been too many lives lost on the streets of Oakland and that more needs to be done. Nobody should not go to work fearing that one day that might, they might get killed. There is no tomorrow if we don't do something today. Local community leaders rallied outside Orlando's market in West Oakland almost a week after longtime clerk Maged Alazani was shot and killed during a pair oh, of... Oh, I've been there. Alazani, who is from Yemen, was a father of four sons. A very well known to the community and it's very, very sad that we have to go through this, not just in our community as a Yemen American community, but as a whole of communities in the city of Oakland. Speakers blasted Oakland Mayor Sheng Tao and Alameda County DA Pamela Price, saying they're not doing enough to tamp down on crime. Both are the targets of recall efforts. There has to be consequences for those criminals. When I say those criminals, most of them are repeated offenders. And they're hurting everybody. Retired Judge Brenda Harbin-Forte told me she's not taking a public stance on the DA for whom she swore in. But she says she wants the mayor out. She needs to go. There have been too many deaths, too much blood on her hands, too many failed businesses, and we have to get rid of her. Our businesses are dying. They're not dying because we have a bad product or a bad service. Ooh, we saw this clip twice. Derek Johnson is founder of Home of Chicken and Waffles in Jack London Square. I had a customer last night celebrating his birthday, go to get his car, car was stolen. Oh my God. Had to sit there, wait over an hour and a half for police who never showed. Sister had to come from San Jose to pick him up. We are angry. Yes, we We're are. crying out for people to care about our communities. And as long as we are living in fear, you should be fearful of your seat. Tell me what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. You suck at chanting. Now, the same group has been holding rallies at crime scenes all across Oakland. Their message to elected officials, they say, is very simple. Step up or step off. Live in Oakland, Henry Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. All right, Henry, thank you. I wonder, like, what they think, like, the mayor is supposed to do, like, to, in the short term, <clears throat> reduce violent crime in a city. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, they aren't doing, right? They're They're saying that. You need to step up or step off. None of these people are actually putting their hat into the ring to be the person, to be the mayor, to be the DA. None of these people are actually stepping up to say, I want the job. I'm going to do it. I could do it better than that person. Because you know what that's called? Elections. That's what we have. That's what democracy fucking looks like, you goddamn tool. Uh, you, you manipulator, you freaking charlatan. That's what democracy looks like. Elections, like we're going to have this year, right? Uh, so in a couple more years, there will be another election for DA and there will be another election for mayor and you can find someone to run against these tools. And yeah, if they're so freaking awful, if they're having such a bad time, if they're doing such a horrible job, it shouldn't be that hard to oust them with an actual candidate, with an actual campaign instead of a recall. It's the most base, dumbass, wasteful thing to do, right? Just Bide your time and win an election. Don't don't you know disrupt the apple cart because you just don't agree with them, right? There's nothing that they've done to you know uh, necessitate or to justify a recall. Recalls are meant for when you do elect a charlatan like a Donald Trump, and and they are ripping off 
the the public coffers, right? They're found to be ripping off the public coffers, or they're found to be doing some ungodly shit, right? Breaking the law, right? Um, breaking the the social construct. That's not what's happening here. They, you know, they're not happy with the the way things are, and they're blaming the people in charge, right? And like you said, they have no idea. They have no idea what the mayor can or can't control. They have no idea what the DA can or can't control. Most of them, the, folk, the rank and file folks in this effort, the folks that are organizing them, however, know exactly what the mayor and the DA can and can't control, and they don't give a shit. This is all political gamesmanship. This is all just building political capital. Um, it's not about either of these individuals or uh, or really the, the the folks in the community who've lost loved ones, right, who are, are upset and right or have lost something it's not about them right it's about political gamesmanship and that's what really is disgusting <laughs> we're going to spend all this money and time and i'll bet you they're both going to save their jobs and what's it going to get anyone right a book deal it's sad it's just sad yeah we'll see i think people are getting fatigued on recalls but we said that and then um <clears throat> when we were saying that uh uh, Chesa Boudin got recalled and replaced. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I just don't know, right? I don't know anymore. Um, and it, again, it, a lot of it comes down to turnout. And but it all depend, it'll all depend on when these things are on the ballot, when these recalls are on the ballot. And if it's November, then you know, probably a little more likelihood that they, they retain their jobs. But um, you know, if it's some sort of special election, it's dicey. It's hard to get people to, to vote in special elections. People um, like us. <laughs> Just have common sense and, and want good people uh, to do their jobs. Anyway. All right. Well, up next, we got Oakland's former mayor, Libby Schaff, appears to be running for California state treasurer in 2026. Let's see what the news has to say about this. Okay, she wants back in the game. Former Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff has her eyes on another political office. Schaff was Oakland's mayor for eight years, and she's now planning to run for state treasurer in 2026. If she's elected, she said she'll simplify how the state spends money to solve issues like homelessness, which has been a persistent issue. She's the first person to announce her plan to run for treasurer. So the local news has uh, not much to say about it. Oh my goodness, I thought that would be a much longer clip. Well, uh, this goes to show uh, that uh, anyone can have second, third, fourth, fifth lives. And it also goes to show that you plan ahead for elections. Uh, Libby Schaff looking at 2026 uh, for this race, uh, so even you know, a couple years out from now. Uh, but she's already getting out there, knows she has to raise money. Statewide races don't, are not cheap. Um, and she has to introduce herself to a whole, whole swath of voters. I have no idea what the field looks like, what her chances are. Um, but yeah, if, if Sheng Tao can, you know, avoid recall, maybe her future lies in statewide office too, or, or not. <clears throat> maybe she's running so that she can be recalled. Oh, there you go. That would, yeah, maybe she'll, she'll run and she'll steal a bunch of money. And then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're on to, and another thing, it looks like we have two, uh, car versus, uh, structures. One of them is trees versus cars. And by the still on here, I can tell you who the winner is. Let's see what the news has to say about trees versus cars. Well, the roads are clear after a massive tree fell across a busy road in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. But as Carrie was mentioning, there are some concerns because more wet weather is heading our way. Today in the base, Ginger Conejero Saab is live at Golden Gate Park this morning. And Ginger, I understand you were nearby when that eucalyptus fell? 
I was, Laura. It was my daughter's soccer practice, which is really just down the street from Crossover. Crossover is up the road from where we are this morning. Uh, and you can hear the sirens. You can hear everything going on when uh, people were responding to what was happening when that 130-foot eucalyptus tree fell. Now, at one point, that massive tree actually blocked both the north and southbound lanes. Uh, it happened just around 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. The tree fell on top of five cars, which were occupied by 11 people. Unfortunately, no one was seriously hurt. Sandy Young was in the blue Tesla with her husband, son, and daughter. They were not hurt, but they were shaken up. We have glass rooftop. This big tree and the concrete lamppost comes crashing down and you hear this big boom and all our windows crack. My first reaction was, is there blood? Is there, because there was glass everywhere. Sounds terrifying. Two people did suffer minor injuries. A spokesperson from San Francisco Fire says the difference in how all this played out came down to just seconds. Now, the vehicles were moving when this tree fell down. Had the tree fallen a second later, it could have been a what much worse scene. Now, the cause of why the 130-foot tree, why it fell, that is still being investigated. Those that, That's still unclear now. And as we've been talking about the rain that we are expecting, kind of looking back to last January's storms and looking at how many trees uh, fell down because of uh, the rain. It's uh, concerning to look ahead and see uh, what possibly could happen. Laura? Oh, it really is, especially the size of that tree. Just a huge out there. Glad everybody is okay. So the tree one. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> In its last gasp, yeah, uh, before being chopped and, and, and carted off um it, it definitely took out a tesla took out an suv there took out another car um but yeah it, i i was actually shocked to find that this happened while the cars were moving i figured this was just during rush hour you know through golden gate park on the main drag it's usually pretty backed up um so i could see that happening uh, to you know pretty, pretty much parked cars but this happened to moving cars so yeah they're right like if that had happened a split second later uh instead of the hoods getting smashed in right it could have been the front seats um that lady who uh, was in the car in the Tesla actually said something along the lines of, um, you know, the, the first thought that went through my head was, are we dead? Right? <laughs> like, just don't know, right? I, it's never happened to me. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, good on everyone for surviving. And I bring on all the uh, rampant people saying eucalyptus trees are not native. And this is exactly what happens with non-native trees. We need to have more native trees. Um, absolutely the rain caused this and the wetness and you know the oversaturation of the ground um, but also maybe that they are non-native trees and up next we got a car flying off an overpass i don't know if there's a winner or anything uh here actually we'll have to we'll have to see here no fatality at least so there you go that's good we like covering these we don't cover these when there's fatalities i try to make sure these days yeah, yeah. not great not like hey everybody let's have a let's have a little laugh at somebody dying in their car no not 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 that's not the show no, it's not really the show also a dramatic overnight crash landed a woman in the hospital it happened as a woman took the harrison street off-ramp off of i-80 today in the base chris sanchez joining us from the newsroom this morning and a video may make you wonder like how did that woman survive chris now, this was a wild crash that a viewer sent to us it will serve as a reminder 
to wear your seatbelt. This is the moment when the woman in that car took the Harrison Street off-ramp off I-80. As you may know, that's an elevated off-ramp. The CHP says she was going too fast and lost control, launching into the air, off the on-ramp, into a building, and then dropped to the Sterling street on-ramp below. Now, this is oh, the aftermath wow. of that scene. The CHP reiterates that that woman survived because of her seatbelt, though she did not walk away unharmed. She was taken to the hospital. Her condition at this mm. point is unknown. Now, some numbers to consider. In 2021, more than 26,000 people in the U.S. died in vehicle crashes. Nearly 15,000 people's lives were saved by seatbelts, and it's estimated that more than 2,500 more would have lived if they were wearing seatbelts, according to 2017 data by NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. As for that overnight crash in San Francisco, the CHP is still investigating whether perhaps there was another factor other than speed. Marcus and Laura. All right. I'm so glad she was survived that. I mean, wow. So that person was fucking cooking it. That uh, I, for a second, I thought they were. There's another off ramp. I think it's the Van Ness where I could see you biffing pretty pretty easy but that yeah. was that out of 80 100 miles an hour or something i mean had you, to be yeah had to be and, and out of control too just, yeah. just going straight to that you know straight off um yeah, yeah that, that slow the fuck down seriously it reminds me of speed right the the bus jump in that that impossible jump on the off-ramp but shit if you're going 80 or 90 miles an hour it's it's possible in a, in a smaller car um yeah definitely slow down Stop doing whatever you're doing. Stop checking your text. The text is not that important, folks. Uh, look at all those numbers, right? Wear your seatbelt, at least. You're going you're gonna to be a dumbass. <laughs> be a smartass for one second and wear your seatbelt. Um, and that way you won't end up on down ballot. Okay. Well, that's the show. You We, we, we made real good time tonight. You want to read the show out? My goodness, we did. Well, um, thank you so much, uh, Producer Dave. Uh, and audience for joining us as always uh we do this every tuesday night at 7 30 pacific except when we don't um but we're coming to you live because we love to talk about local news and local politics and derp so please send us all of it up in the discord chat please follow us on all the things please download us on all the things keep us the ninth best local news podcast in california uh we want you to go out and get vaxxed uh, wear your mask and pants are completely optional Stay tuned for public comment. This is Audible Smoke, and you're listening to Equiplex Media. <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone Just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice For the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car Just to get to where they are Here at the local scene Is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette And I hold my drink I look at all my friends They're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage Waiting for FTV Where are those guys Who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand Ready to blaze for me About five minutes later We're all singing queen Now get the fuck up on Man, like the sea, yeah. We do what we want and what 
we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy the band I turn and head back to the bar For a refill, man, because you know where we are We're headed out to the car to smoke another one what? and another one Woo! Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing and you know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it and then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band, enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight, it's down and dirty and five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rockin' the rolly, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do it sloppily We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy the band, enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Molly say the heat like jamming and they hope it like jamming too. Well, I gotta say thank you, Bob. We do, yes, I gotta say thank you, Bob. We do. Well, Bob Molly say the heat like jamming and he hope it like jamming too. Well, I gotta say thank you, Bob. We do. So see